know, that, that of course was intimidating, but it was never really lost on me how lucky I was to be able to walk into that stadium every day. Hi, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Tips from Chips podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Kopp. It's Super Bowl week, even though it may not feel like it. Our guest this week, Kayla Wolf, works for the NFL Players Association. She will take us through her career and how she accomplished getting her dream job in the industry at such a young age. All right, Kayla, welcome to the Tips from Chips podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you so much. I'm doing really well, thanks. Kind of, uh, you know, making the adjustment to the new year and, you know, excited for uh, for the postseason in the NFL and, and what the next couple of weeks has to offer. Yeah, for sure. It definitely was exciting uh, last week of games and looking forward to the Super Bowl next week. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so we always like to kick off these podcasts just throwing it all the way back to your time in Mount Pleasant. Um, so if you had to name one experience that defined your time in college, what would that be? You know, I think it's, um, you know, more of a of a of a recurring experience rather than, you know, one standing out. And I think that, you know, you might be a testament to this as well as just my time with the Sport Management Association. Um, that was just such a huge part of my growth and development. And, you know, looking back, just a, a great part of my positive experience at Central and, um, you know, not only being a member of, F of SMA, but also being on the leadership team, um, you know, that was, um, you know, like I mentioned, a huge part of my growth and development. Um, so I started out as um, a member and I actually uh, ran for the position of secretary, I think. Um, but the membership chair position ended up coming open after I was not selected to be the secretary. Um, and and that, that position was presented to me and I decided to um, take on the membership chair position. So after that, then um, I eventually worked my way up to vice president and then eventually president. And, um, you know, being in those leadership roles and, um, you know, even just being a part of SMA as a member really exposed me to, um, you know, the types of people uh, and, and both within the industry already, as well as my peers at Central that, um, you know, the types of people who are, are driven and are willing to, you know, spend that extra bit of time every week uh, pouring into themselves and their peers and their own growth and development. And, um, you know, that really allowed me to feed off of that. Um, but that really gave me a chance to um, pour into myself, uh, as well as the people around me, the same way that they did. So, um, you know, I think that that was, um, you know, just key to a lot of my success uh, at Central and, and now within the professional sports uh, globe, if you will. Totally. I, I completely agree. I was SMA president back in the day, too. So I, I understand that experience. And I definitely owe a lot of my friendships and relationships in the industry to SMA. So right after college, um, like a lot of the guests that we've had on the show so far, you moved out of Michigan for internship with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So what was that experience like leaving Michigan? And how were you able to transition your internship into a job with the Jags? Yeah, I think that, you know, something about um, just getting out of the state that you grew up in and that you're so familiar with, I think is, is really valuable experience. Um, you know, I had previously been 
uh, or previously participated in the Disney College program. So that was uh, my freshman year. I spent the the last half of my freshman year out of state, and then again, um, you know, the next summer in 2014. So you know, I was pretty used to um, being out of the state for you know extended amount of time and. Um, but I think the the real difference here was that it was with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, I, I'd always been, um, you know, fascinated by the NFL and, um, you know, the professional sports. And it's always been something where if I'm going to do anything, it's going to be, you know, I'm going to try to go big or go home. And um, so I, I would always try to go big. So that's really where the desire to work in, in the NFL um, or with the NFL clubs has kind of, um, you know, kind of started. So it was, of course, intimidating being in, um, you know, the biggest city I'd been in up until that point, um, being in, in Jacksonville. And um, but even more so that it was my first job within the NFL. Um, so you know, that, that of course was intimidating, but it was never really lost on me how lucky I was to be able to walk into that stadium every day. And, um, you know, I, I just really tried to do, to do my job, um, to be reflective of that, to show that, you know, how grateful I was to be there and really work hard um, and, and prove every day that I was fit to be there um, and, and that I brought value and, and worth to my position in the organization. So, um, you know, that kind of goes into, um, you know, how I was able to transition that internship into a job is just by, um, you know, really working every single day to make sure that I was approving upon the person and, and the employee that I was the day before. Um, so really just trying to uh, just prove my value. And, and I think that that came across when um, I was, you know, working as an intern with them and, and was ultimately hired on, on full time with their inside sales team. Um, so that was, you know, that was a, a pretty big accomplishment for me to, um, you know, understand that the organization and such an elite organization as an NFL team was able to see the value that I was trying to portray as well. Yeah, that's incredible. And I remember um, just hearing you talk about my experience. I worked one summer with the Chicago Bears in their training camp. And during the first preseason game, I remember I was selected out of the group of interns to run onto Soldier Field, like carrying the flags during the pregame uh, rituals. And that was one of those pinch me moments for me of like, wow, this is really cool. This is a career that I can have. So I, I totally I get where you're coming. Um, after the Jaguars, you moved to Washington, D.C. for an internship with NFL Players Association. And one of the first things I remember when I met you um, over the phone when I was helping out with SMA conference was that was your goal. I remember when we first talked, you said, you know, I want to work for NFLPA. So why was that goal? And what was your reaction when you actually made that happen and you got that position? Yeah, that was... Um... You know, that was definitely something that uh, really influenced my decision to to sign a sport management major. You know, I had previously just done some research and, and kind of, um, you know, tried to figure out what was really out there and what are some more unique um, positions within the industry that, you know, I could potentially um, secure later on in my career. And, um, you know, it, the NFLPA was all the glitz and the glam of the NFL, but it was also with the fulfillment of helping develop people um, to be a better versions of, of themselves. Um, and, and, you know, these people just happen to be NFL players. So that was definitely something that, you know, I really found value in, um, you know, is, is helping 
to develop those people and being able to pour into people, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier with with SMA, being able to pour into the people around you and into your stakeholders is is huge and and you know ultimately has a very big uh, return on investment both. Um, you know, personally, professionally, financially. Um, so that, you know, that was a really big reason um, why I was interested in the NFLPA. Um, but, and primarily that's what the internship focused on was the various programs that the NFLPA has in place to help develop those NFL players um, to really be prepared for life after football. And, um, you know, I guess, really it was just um, to help develop people. That was, you know, really why uh, this job was my dream job from day one. That's very cool. Um, that's definitely an interesting side of sports. I think a lot of the sports business careers don't focus on the, the player development on the personal side. Um, and I think that's something I experienced um, when I was working for the U.S. Olympic Committee. They really dedicate a lot of resources to making sure their their athletes have a transition out of sports whenever their career is over and I think that's obviously immensely important to make sure that you're developing these people as people and just not athletes. Um, so your current position is partner services coordinator with NFLPA. Can you give us kind of a behind the scenes of what you do on a day-to-day -day basis and, and what you're really responsible for? Yeah, so basically my job as a partner services coordinator is to help support the education of both the NFL sponsors as well as the clubs on using group player rights to enhance their brand, their campaign, their product, whatever that looks like. And, um, you know, for that specific business. And it it really is is educating them on how to both passively use the player likeness, both in a group setting, as well as actively using that, using individual players to, um, you know, strengthen their brand or campaign, whatever that might be. Um, so, you know, though that happens by way of endorsement deals, um, but, but typically our, our main conversation with these um, sponsors and clubs is really just utilization of the group player rights um, that we as, as the NFLPA and as a rights holder of those group player rights, um, you know, really try to encourage them to do. Um, so that's really the biggest thing um, that we work with NFL sponsors and NFL clubs on. Um, but we also have a, um, you know, a very large role in, uh, you know, increasing the revenue that players get off the field and, and the opportunities that they get to work with partners. So we have a, um, a large role in securing those players and we kind of serve as an agency to, um, you know, to primarily the NFL sponsors, but occasionally um, strategic partners as well. Um, some other roles that I have um, that aren't directly tied to, you know, my partner services role is um, the, the um, I serve as a shop steward. Uh, so we have a unique organization uh, where uh, we have a union within a union kind of. So we have more of our junior staff, mostly assistants and coordinators are part of a unionized group of employees. Um, and I, am, along with you know one to two other people um, on staff, serve as a representative to go to the table to negotiate our salaries, our working conditions, our collective bargaining agreement um, that we have with the NFLPA as our employer. So it's kind of a unique situation um, being that, you know, we, I kind of serve as, you know, one of the representatives to work with, um, you know, the 
NFLPA as the employees. And so I'm kind of serving in the role that the NFLPA serves for the players in the NFL. Um, so it's it's pretty interesting to um, you know to have that role and kind of get a different look at the industry um, or or rather at the organization uh, because we of course are I primarily work with um, you know in the for profit branch at NFL Players Inc. Um, but this really shows me um, some exposure on the. Uh, on the labor side, and and it's very similar to you know what we do as an as an organization for the NFL players in the NFL. Um, so that's pretty um, you know that's pretty much a, a summation, a good summation of uh, what I do on a day to day basis. And um, you know I think that it's it's definitely a unique position in that um, you know when I was with the Jaguars, it was very localized to. Um, you know, Jacksonville. And, and that's something that I really liked about the NFLPA is that it was, it's very national and, and sometimes even global. And um, so it's a little bit of like a higher level of, um, you know, partnerships and in, in that it's more, um, you know, grand scheme rather than um, focus on within specific regions. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of, of what I do on a day to day basis. That's very unique, and I don't think there are many jobs in the sports industry quite like yours. So I'm glad I'm getting the chance to talk to you and learn a little bit more about it, and also just share this information for anyone who's interested. You know, for future people who want to work for NFLPA. Um, so I, I know the NFLPA has a pretty big presence at the Super Bowl. I was lucky enough to be able to meet up with you at the Minneapolis Super Bowl and see what your role is during that week. So how has COVID-19 affected your planning and operations for this year's uh, game in Tampa? Yeah, so this year is actually very unique, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, but COVID-19 has really just kind of caused everything to shift from being in person and being uh, physical and having those in-person appearances to really being virtual, which is just really on trend with what the rest of the of the country and you know, various other industries in the rest of the world is doing um, because we don't really have much of a choice at this point. So, um, you know, we're, we're really trying to thrive in that virtual space. Um, and, and a lot of our partners are getting really creative and this has really opened up a, um, you know, a really good opportunity for them to expand their creative thinking and their creative marketing um, to, to thrive, like, as I mentioned, to thrive in this space. Um, so this year we have a very small physical presence um, and, you know, although our, our Super Bowl numbers in terms of appearances and everything have really not um, gone down all that much, um, we are just really seeing a shift from being in person to being virtual. So uh, the we, we do have a very small physical presence this year, um, but you know who knows what that'll look like in the coming months with uh, with our various appear or our various events, um, and you know we really just have tried to follow suit and transition to um, you know really be virtual and and to make it to where all of our partners can still have a successful year without being in person. For sure, have you um, seen any sort of new opportunities come arise from the virtual component of maybe being able to engage partners and and players that you wouldn't normally have engaged with now that you're doing it virtually? Yeah, absolutely. I think that one of the biggest things that we have seen is really just, um, you know, the creativity level has just gone through the roof. Um, and utilizing the various technology platforms that we have available to us, um, you know, they've always been available to us, but it's really just 
putting those to to use and and seeing um, you know what their potential is. Uh, so I think that you know both the um, you know the the transition to that virtual space has really allowed for the creativity to um, you know to really increase. And I want I would say that there is a um, there is a likelihood that you know the the partners are able to secure players that are a little bit um, more unique and and maybe um, a little bit higher demand. But because there's not travel involved and because there you know is not so much pre-production or post-production involved, that they really are able to utilize players maybe at a higher dollar that might be at a you know a little bit out of their range. Um, but because it truly is just an hour and a half or two hour appearance and it's limited to that. Um, you know, it does open up the opportunity to to utilize more unique players. Um, so that's that's been really great to see all of our partners, um, you know, to to thrive in that space. And I think that um, it's just a testament to to the, to the work that our sponsors and and their agencies um, agencies really do. Uh, just because it's been a challenging year, and to see this to see the success of each of these sponsors has been really great. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely love the creativity that we've seen come through this year with everyone facing so many struggles, whether it's financially or, or just, you know, having a physical presence versus a virtual presence. Um, you know, the creativity of some of these companies and brands are really showing through of um, how they're able to adapt and um, kind of change their dynamics of how they normally do business and, and the ones that have been so successful at doing it. Um, I think that's one thing that, you know, I've enjoyed kind of watching over the past year. So uh, going back kind of a step, you've talked a lot about um, kind of pouring into other people and, and giving back and, and really um, developing, you know, players and, and students. And um, outside of your work, you volunteered for WISE. Um, that's an organization that I know um, the San Diego chapter a little bit. Um, but for people that don't know who are listening, can you tell us what that organization is and how they can get involved um, if they're interested in their local chapters, wherever they are? Yeah, absolutely. So WISE stands for Women in Sports and Events. So that is a primarily women-led organization um, that is really focused on the networking and the development of women in sports and events, of course. Um, there are, you know, the handful of men that do support the chapter. So shout out to those guys that, that do support uh, you know, those various local chapters, but overall WISE is just an amazing organization. It really just gives women a platform and an opportunity to create those genuine connections um, and being able to uh, have that those growth and development opportunities um, that may be a little bit difficult to, to come by. Um, and I think that there's you know, huge opportunity when you uh, when you pour into those, as you mentioned, when you pour into those people, those peers, and and those colleagues, and those other members of an organization that you have something in common with, um, because you never know where people are going to end up, and and you know, people don't know where you're going to end up. So, I think that there's just so much value in um, in coming into you know a relationship and with you know, the like-minded people who join those types of organizations. Um, so there are, are lots of different um, chapters. I want to say that there's more than 25 chapters um, throughout the country and in a lot of the major uh, metropolitan areas. 
Um, you know, DC has one and, and that's inclusive of the Baltimore area. And that's primarily, um, you know, who we work with. There's Houston and, and um, Detroit and San Diego, as you mentioned. So there's so many different chapters. And um, so that would probably be the, be the, you know, first step is really for if anybody's interested in in supporting or becoming a member of WISE is to, um, you know, go to the WISE page and just see if there's a local chapter in their city. Um, and, and if there's not, there are still several events uh, throughout the year that um, are, you know, more national, nationally based. And um, so that would be, you know, great opportunities. Those those types of events always have um, networking components and um, you know breakout sessions and things to really get you to be able to have that exposure and create those uh, relationships while you're there um, that you might not have been able to um, or that you know members not, might not have been able to develop without the organization or the event to take advantage of that so you know, the biggest thing is just really being proactive and seeing, um, you know, how you can can be involved. But, um, you know, just taking that, you know, into um, take that into your own hands and and make it what you will and uh, pour into those relationships if, if you're able to join and, um, you know, see see the amazing things that can happen when um, strong and impactful uh, women can come together t for this type of growth and development. For sure. Now, have most of those events, um, the national-based ones, been shifted online virtually as well? Yeah, so that has been something that, um, you know, has, of course, taken a unique approach. Uh, there's been some delays and, and some, you know, postponements, but primarily there, there's a lot, especially in the local chapters, there's a lot of focus on, um, you know, the virtual space. Uh, before my time with, with uh, WISE ended, that was uh, really the shift that we had seen is, is, you know, we typically do monthly organization or I'm sorry, monthly events for the organizations that have, um, you know, the local chapters or for the cities that have the local chapters and um, each of those monthly events starting in um, March of 2020 shifted to uh, virtual. So really it just depends on, um, you know, what that, what the city regulations are and everything, but um, that has of course been the trend. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Um, so in closing here, Kayla, we appreciate your time. We like to finish every episode um, the same. So what advice would you give to someone who's either just starting out their career in sports or someone who maybe has a sport management degree and did something else for a little bit and trying to get back into the industry? What would you tell to those people? Yeah, I think, you know, the the number one rule to get the biggest return on your investment is to diversify. Um, so that's, you know, really, it's, it's really the same thing with your career is, um, you know, becoming as well-rounded as you can if you're really starting out is super helpful. So whether that's, you know, the game day operations or ticket sales or internships and volunteer opportunities, um, you know, whatever that looks like, just don't be afraid to say yes to new opportunities because, you know, at the end of the day, the going to college and, you know, doing those internships and volunteer opportunities and the grind that we're putting in now and, and the work that we're putting in now is really the, the investment in, on your career and what that, you know, how successful that career could be. Um, so 
to get the biggest, you know, return on investment is, is really just diversifying yourself and making sure that you're prepared at least a little bit for any type of opportunity that comes your way um, so that you can step into that role, having some type of familiarity with the organization, with that role, what that looks like, and, and really ultimately um, just put the effort in to be successful. So I think that that's really the biggest thing that helped me feel confident in um, you know, attacking the various opportunities that came my way is just um, the experiences that I had in college. You know, I, I mentioned that I did the Disney College program. I worked in minor league baseball. I worked in, um, you know, development and fundraising for CMU athletics um, and then ultimately ticket sales. And, and now I'm in sponsorships. So I'm not, you know, necessarily um, you know, I like to think that I'm an expert, you know, in partnerships now, but, um, you know, coming into this role, I wasn't, you know, much of an expert in any one segment of the industry, but I was very well exposed to the industry so that I could speak to um, just about any role that that there was within, um, you know, within the industry that, you know, should an opportunity have presented itself. So I think that that's one of the biggest things is just diversifying yourself um, so that you can be able to prove that you do have the the value and um, and the worth that um, you know that you're claiming to to be able to bring to the organization. Um, but I, but I would also like to add though that you know as you know within the sports industry, all of our jobs are very demanding. And as much as I've talked about pouring into other people, you know you really can't pour from an empty cup. So you just have to be able to pour into yourself as well and really be able to. Um, find ways to disconnect and recharge whenever you can, because those times are, few, you know, are few and far between um, in in the sports industry. So, you know, really taking advantage of that time when when those those opportunities present themselves is key. Because as I mentioned, you can't pour into other people if you don't pour into yourself first. So that's really, I guess, two two pieces of advice from uh, from me here. That's awesome. I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I love the the first part. I always have strived to make my career kind of like a Swiss army knife where I know a little bit about everything and I can do a little bit of everything. So I like that kind of, you got to diversify to really get the best ROI and, and know a little bit about everything. So you can at least talk intelligently about um, those different departments and different conversations you might be having. And um, also the second part, just, I see so many young people give everything they have to the industry for a couple of years and get burned out and then go switch to something else. So I think that's important that you have to work hard in this industry, but you also have to make sure you're taking care of yourself and looking after yourself. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely easy to, to get burnt out working nights and weekends and 12 Absolutely. hour days, 16 hour days. So that's great advice. And I don't think anyone has said that yet on this podcast. So um, thank hey, you. Glad to, glad to provide a unique perspective then. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Kayla. We appreciate your time and uh, appreciate you giving back to this podcast and hopefully helping out other people, you know, down the line in this industry. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm honored to, uh, that, you know, to be, to be asked and invited uh, onto the podcast. So, um, you know, keep, keep up the good work and keep providing this great content. So um, thank you so much for your time as well, Nate. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day and fire up chips. Fire up chips. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please do us a favor and like, subscribe, and share on whatever platform you're listening in on. We'll see you next week on Super Bowl Sunday.